Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Reminds me of, uh, not a song, (laughs) reminds me of a cartoon. The characters say, which way did he go? Which way did he go? I was thinking of a song this morning. I mean, it was way beyond my years, but, you know, whatever. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to just make a comment that's not uh, necessarily along with the sermon. You know, um, you might feel like you're in the pit. You might feel like you don't see the light. But uh, God knows where you're at. And God knows how to get you from the dark to the light. God knows knows how. And uh, we'll mention a couple of... um, of characters this morning, Bible characters. But uh, I was so inspired last week by um, Prophetess Tanel, and <laughs> that you are extraordinary. And, uh, you know, I, I always think, you know, you get, I get these fireball preachers that preach, and then, then I have to come <laughs> next week, and I know my fuse isn't lit yet, you know. <laughs> but anyway, um, don't correct me while I'm trying to preach. <laughs> if we're talking on the way to church, don't talk. I have to preach this morning. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But at most times, it's all good because we're normally just praying on the way to church. But anyway, I was so inspired last week, uh, but uh, and I'm still inspired from it, that we have an extraordinary God and that uh, we are extraordinary because we have an extraordinary God. And uh, just something left in my spirit that we are extraordinary because the extraordinary God favors you. You're favored of the Lord. And uh, I want to read a scripture from Hebrews because I want, and you know, Hebrews is in the New Testament, okay? Hebrews is a New Testament book. And um, because I want to read this because I'm going to use Old Testament people, okay? So instead of trying to explain it, just let me read it. It says... But now hath he obtained, he being Jesus, but now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry. What what type of ministry does he have? He has a more excellent. What is it more excellent? It has to be, he's he's relating it to something. He's saying the ministry of Jesus far exceeds the ministry of the Old Testament. Okay? Far exceeds. We're we're not casting off the Old Testament, but what Jesus did propels us light years ahead of what the Old Testament provided. He says, So now we have obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant. Say, better covenant. So it's not equal to the Old Covenant. It's not an extension of the Old Covenant. It's not lesser than the Old Covenant. It is greater. Now, this says better, but it is greater than the Old Covenant. The Old Covenant was just really a stepping stone to bring us to where we're at now. And, I, and as I told you uh, several weeks ago, uh, Christianity is not a new religion, and it's not a newcomer 
in the world that other religions are older than because God says in the word, he says that Jesus Christ was the Lamb of God slain before the foundations of the world. So therefore, in the mind of God, he had already, he'd already slain Jesus before Buddha, before uh, uh, those other ones. I can't think of them right now. You know, and, uh, Islam is 600 years after Christianity. So, but in reality, Christianity, or, uh, the, the covenant that God, the new covenant that God made was before the world began. And also in Ezekiel, he says, uh, he says, I'm giving a new covenant. I'm taking the, I'm taking the heart of stone out of you and I'm putting in you a heart of flesh, which relates to the new creature, the new creation that God placed in us. We're new creatures in Christ Jesus. They, the old, under the old covenant, you are not a new creature. Okay. So we have a better covenant, which was established on better promises. Say better. 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 We could also translate that as greater. We have greater promises. And the reason I'm saying this is because when I go to the Old Testament and I use these Old Testament figures, I want you to know that what they had was good, but what we have is better. Amen. What we have is so much better. Amen. Thank you, Lord. He goes on to say, for if that first covenant had been flawless, then should no place be ha have been sought for a second. So in other words, now let me just say this, the law was perfect. But the people who followed it weren't perfect. It, was, it, was, it wasn't flawless because of the people that couldn't keep it. So we're not, we're not downgrading, I'm not downgrading the Old Testament, I'm just saying it wouldn't work, and the reality is the Old Testament was just to show us that we needed a Savior. Yeah. Oh, I just might as well relax. <laughs> we, uh, let me just go. Thank you, Lord. It says, uh, goes on I wrote in my note there, it says, I want to, well, I already said this. In Isaiah 61, I want to use the Amplified, but I want to mention one of the verses. Uh, so he says here in Isaiah 61, and also Jesus repeats this in uh, the New Testament. Well, actually, it's not the New Testament, it's in the Gospels. When did the, when did the New Testament begin? wasn't when Jesus came, because when Jesus came, he was born under the law. Okay. So he was born under the law, but we're, we're not born under the law. Okay. Especially for new creatures in Christ. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, this is a prophetic word describing the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, he has anointed and commissioned me to bring good news. Then I wrote a little side note, as the Father, Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, even so send I you. So in reality, whatever, what Jesus, what this, what this is saying here is that Jesus is prophesied to bring good news, and we are also to bring good news. Right. We're not the bad news bears. <laughs> we're not the uh, we're not the room despair and agony on me, <laughs> deep dark depression, excessive misery. <laughs> if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Room, despair, and agony on me. No, we are, we are, you know, and the, that, the problem is, is bad news sells. Yeah. You know, it's, you, go to the, you go to the grocery store and it's the, they have the gossip magazines. <laughs> or they're not, they're not gossiping about how everybody's doing so good. Yeah. No. Good news, if good news would sell, it would be on the rack. 
But bless God, we're to give the good news anyway. Now, I'm not, you know, I was driving down the road the other day after we, I think it was after we picked up Tanel or whatever. I was driving through Harrisburg, and it was uh, on Cameron Street, and I forget the other one. I think it might have been Market Street. Right on the corner, there was a guy out there, and he was preaching the word with a megaphone. He had joy and blessing on one side and heaven and hell on the other side of the card. He was flipping and, you know. But uh, we don't have to do it that way. You know, Charity, you got your own way of giving the good news. Rob's got his good way of giving the good news. Everybody has a different way. We're not cut with, out of a cookie cutter. Right. Amen. We don't all have to stand on the corner. I've thought about it a few times. Might even do it. But anyway, he says, to bring good news to the humble and afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted. That ministry is still available today. That ministry is still a part of the ministry of Jesus today. You say, well, if it is, I don't feel it. He is going to heal your broken heart. He's going to heal your broken heart. You know, God, some people say, you know, God's never in a hurry, but he's never late. He's never late. He is going to heal. Why? Because... That's what he says about himself. And again, as he's going to help somehow use us to bring that ministry to pass. He says, he has sent me to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted to proclaim release from confinement and condemnation. Man, that kind of just leaped out at me because so many of us have walked in condemnation. Anybody, don't raise your hands. <laughs> How many of you walked in condemnation? <laughs> I mean, probably every one of us here. And, you know, the devil has had people to encourage us in condemnation. But bless God, the ministry of Jesus has come to relieve us. And we know that from Romans 8, he says, he says that... Um, there's therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Yes, yes. Thank you, Lord. And he goes on to say, and to, uh, well, let me read again. He says, proclaim release from confinement, condemnation to the physical and the spiritual captives and freedom to the prisoners to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Another translation says the acceptable year of the Lord. And they, they coincide, but the favorable year, the year is not a 365-day period in this situation. It is a period, it is a, it is a time period, and we are in that time period. That time period is the ministry of the gospel. As long as the gospel is being preached, we are in the favorable and acceptable year of the Lord. Yeah. We're in that. We're in that. Turn to somebody and say, I'm in that. I'm, in that. I'm favored and acceptable. I love, uh, I remember a song Rob sang years and years ago. I think I was a young guy back then, but uh, <laughs> remember that song, I'm Accepted? Can he sing it? He sang it. Can you sing no. It? <laughs> Not today. You sound like Barry Yeah, it sounded like somebody. <laughs> I, can, I can talk to you about it. It says, I'm accepted, I'm accepted, I'm accepted by the one who matters most. You know, there were some good songs back in the day, wasn't there? Uh, there was another one. Oh, man, it was DeGarmo and Key. Oh, we got some head shaking now. Hey, I remember them. Uh, what was that? 
was uh, destined to win. <laughs> destined to win. We're surrounded by his love, filled with his power. Destined to win. Hallelujah. We are destined to win. And I didn't have any coffee this morning, so I haven't had any for two weeks, so can't be blaming that. But anyway, so we are living in the acceptable year of the Lord. And uh, a lot of times this next part's skipped over because we're not living in that time. But it goes on to say, and the day of vengeance of in the day of vengeance and retribution of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. Now, we're not in that time period, but we don't ignore that time period. That's why we preach the gospel, so that people won't have to endure the, the day of vengeance of our God. Uh, let's turn to uh, 2 Thessalonians. You have to go in the New Testament to find this, okay? Say New Testament. New Testament, okay? This is an Old Testament scripture. This is a New Testament scripture. Okay. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6. And the background of this, the, the contra, uh, context of this, is that the Thessalonians had received Jesus, and they were under heavy persecution. Even some of them losing, you know, people would just loot their stuff. So, you know, they were feeling, feeling the pressure. And so Paul writes to them, and he says, Since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you. You know, uh, one of my... <laughs> one, I, I was going to say one of my favorite scriptures. Maybe it shouldn't be a favorite scripture, but... <laughs> sometimes it pops up. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. Amen. I used to twist that a little bit. <laughs> Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. <laughs> but you know, you have to be healed to get over that. <laughs> you have to go through prophetic counseling. You have to, the Holy Spirit just has to rota rooter you. <laughs> Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. But no. They were not to, they were not to punish, they were not to get back at those that were persecuting them because God was going to take care of them. And really one of the best ways for God to take care of them is for them to get saved too. Yeah. I, I'm glad you smiled on that because I didn't know how you'd take that. <laughs> God, the best way for God, you know, uh, this really happened. You know, there is a, uh, a scripture that talks about, um, you know, giving, giving, your, giving your enemy a cold water, giving your, you know, giving them what they need. And then it talks about, and God will heap coals of fire on them. Well, one lady misinterpreted that, and she threw a hot cup of coffee on the back of her husband. <laughs> because... because <laughs> She thought, because vengeance is mine, says, I will repay. Anyway, just a thought. You know, sometimes we, sometimes, it's nothing wrong with the scriptures. It's just how we interpret them sometimes. So anyway, it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you and to give and to give you who are troubled rest when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who don't know God and those who do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes. In that day, what day are we in now? The favorable year of the Lord. We are not in this right now. Hallelujah. We're not there. When Jesus comes and everybody sees him, that's the day. Not now. We're in the favorable year of the Lord. Yeah, but pastor, whatever. 
when he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony was believed among you. That's why it's so important for us in some form or fashion to demonstrate. See, preaching the gospel is not always talking. Sometimes it's demonstrating. Mm -hmm. Demonstrating the goodness of God. And somehow transferring that goodness to those who don't believe so that they can have their eyes opened so that they can believe also. Amen. Okay? So, turn to somebody and say, we're favored. Okay, so God favors us to be a witness of his goodness, okay? The reason you're favored, the reason God wants you extraordinary is because he wants you to be able to pass on the blessing, pass on the favor, pass on the goodness, pass on the love. There's one, uh, one, one of our guys, uh, he used to say this all the time, it's all about love. It's all about love. Well, we got to pass that love along, okay? You can turn to, oh, I have a mic now. <laughs> Come on, people now, smile on your brother. Everybody get together. Try to love one another right now. <laughs> Woo. Don't sing the rest of the song, but <laughs> anyway. Again, we need to remember we have a better covenant yeah. with better promises. So, again, I want to go to the Old Testament. I want to bring up the Old Testament examples so that you, uh, but in that, remembering that we're in a better place. Better covenant, better promises. And if you, Laban was a, was a man, he was Jacob's father in law. And so Jacob had, a, Jacob had to run for his life. His brother wanted to kill him because he had deceived his father and received the blessing that was for Esau. So he ran for his, uh, he ran for his life at the encouragement of his mother, who, by the way, set up the, the deception, but just a thought. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, so anyway, uh, he finds his way to Laban, and he starts working for Laban, and Laban gets this mighty revelation. Listen to this. It says, and Laban said to him, please stay. If I have found favor in your eyes, for I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. Mm -hmm. Laban said, I'm blessed because you're here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm blessed because you're, and he acknowledges the Lord. Let me just say this. Laban was an idol worshiper because we know his daughter Rachel stole the idols when they left. So Laban was an idol worshiper, but, be, but because Jacob was there and God was blessing Jacob, and it, he also blessed Laban. That's really good. So I know, he says, I've learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. I just want to say this, that your employer should be blessed yeah. because you're there. Amen. Yeah. Or the people around you should be blessed yes. because you're there. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to go into a five-hour intercession every time you go into work, but <laughs> you, can, you can pray under your breath for the people you work with. Yes. <laughs> no. Joel always said, when you do that, you better tell us. <laughs> I was thinking, even that demon of a boss. No, Cheryl's the boss, so we don't want to. We don't want to say. <laughs> no, that's what we think. We don't, you know. But some people act like that. You're good. Yeah. I better get on. <laughs> How many of you have ever felt like you've worked for somebody that uh, 
was the second coming of the Antichrist or something like that. <laughs> when I was in the Navy, I thought I was in hell a couple of times. <laughs> it was down in the boiler room. I was pretty close. <laughs> and you know what? They would shut off the boilers, and after six hours, we'd have to go in, and it was extremely hot. You couldn't even stand up because you'd faint. It was just terrible. Terrible. But anyway, in uh, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 7, I just want to refer to it. The Israelites were in Babylonian captivity, and there were false prophets that were saying, you're going to come back right away. But Jeremiah said they're false prophets, and he says, you're going to be there for 70 years, so, you know, uh, you know, work, marry, have children. And then he says this. He says to pray. He says, pray for the peace of the city. Yeah. Yeah. They are captives, slaves to the Babylonians, and God's telling them, pray for the peace of the city. He says, when you pray for it, he says, you will have peace because your city has peace. I wonder if the crime rate went down. You know, there are cities in the United States where intercessors have prayed and churches have gotten together and prayed, and the crime rate actually went down. One of the, uh, I think it was called a transformation video we watched years ago, the, the churches in Colombia, South America, got together and they were praying and praying and praying, and they got to where they, I mean, it was all the churches because they rented a big, huge stadium, filled the stadium. They were worshiping Jesus and praising Jesus. You know, the drug, the drug cartel that couldn't be caught, was they started falling. Wow. They started falling. Why? Because they started praying for their city. I would say America could use some prayer. So, we should go on to say that in Genesis chapter 39, it says, but the Lord was with Joseph. How many of you know Joseph? Joseph was loved by his brothers. They played hide and seek and threw him down in a pit. (laughs) (laughs) Threw him down in a pit and he was whining and crying and trying to get out. And uh, let me just say, God knows when you're in the pit. So they pulled him out. They said, let's not kill him. We could just sell him to these Ishmaelites. So they pulled him up. They sold him into slavery. Well, at least he was out of the pit. He goes to Potiphar's house, and all of a sudden, you know, he's a slave in Potiphar's house. But now he's in control of all of Potiphar's house. Well, we know about Potiphar's wife. She tried to seduce him, lied to her husband, and said he, he tried to uh, rape me. So he's put in prison. Man, what's wrong with this guy? But God was with him in the prison. Right. It says, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison, and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look on anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord prospered it. That equals favor. You're, you're an inmate in prison, and all of a sudden you're running the prison. I would say that's favor. I would say you become extraordinary. Yeah. You become extraordinary because of the favor, because of the favor of God. Let's, you know, let's not, like the Scripture says in the New Testament, cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you may receive 
the promise. Hallelujah. Psalm 1, Psalm chapter 1. He says this, blessed is the man. I'm going to change that. I think God will let me. Favored. Blessed, favored. So favored is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Let me just say, this is, is now we're already living in favor. Okay. Here's there a thing. I wish Joe was here because I this is a car illustration, but there's a way to supercharge a car, which I don't know anything about, but he could have told us. But there's a uh, well. We used to super we used to superheat steam, supercharge steam. We would. Uh, my, our boiler, we would uh, light it off, and it would take a while, but it would get up to 600 pounds. Then after we got underway, away from the pier, we would light off what was called superheaters, which would take that steam and run it back through another section of the boiler, and, it, and the steam, if we, got a, they, if we got a leak in the boiler, you'd have to walk with a broom in front of you and wave it like this because when you'd see the broom start getting cut in half, you found, because it was invisible energy. Because when the, because you could walk right through a, a superheated steam and cut you right in half. So yeah, we had steam. We had steam, but yet we had superheated steam. Okay. So we have favor, but I think we can supercharge the favor. Amen. How do we do that? Blessed is the man. Favored is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. What does, uh, what does scornful mean? It means to belittle, to degrade, to be uncomplimentary, to be mocking, and to have a superior air about yourself. So if you want to take down your favor a notch, sit in the seat of the scornful. If you want to superheat your favor, if you want to supercharge your favor, he says, but his delight is in the law or the word of the Lord. What does delight mean? It has means to have great pleasure in. Let me just say this. Let me say this first. You're favored. You're loved. You're blessed. But if you're only getting your word one time a week, I don't think that's supercharging it. I think you need to read your Bible. Or read your phone. <laughs> Nobody's bringing their Bibles to church anymore. That's because it's on their phone. I used to think, man, them people are texting. Well, they might be texting. <laughs> you never know. I just wish they'd have an app that when they're looking at their Bible, it sounds like pages with flipping <laughs> when they're going to another verse. But. but he says, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. In his word, he meditates. That just means to think about it, rehearse it, keep it, keep it coming. You know, if, uh, if, if you're ever reading the word of God, if you ever hear a, uh, a message and just one scripture just lights your fire, if it lights your fire, then you are to remember that scripture and to meditate on it by keep bringing it up, keep bringing it up, keep bringing it up. Come on, Jesus, light my fire. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Can't help myself. Anyway, I guess I don't need coffee. <laughs> Glory to God. Melody, Melody used to ask me, did you, try, did you have your coffee this morning on the way to church? Did you have your coffee? Didn't you? Yep. Not all the time. But anyway, 
His delights in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That means you're not in drought. That brings forth his fruit in his season. That means you're fruitful. Whose leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Now, of course, that would include financial things, but that includes more than financial things. How about your, how about your mental capacity prospering? How about your emotions prospering? How about your relationships prospering? How about your, uh, the atmosphere of your home prospering? Thank you, Jesus. You know, some people just like to go some, some places because they can get in an atmosphere of peace. Yeah. Man, I like going over their house. Yeah. Man, I don't like going over there. <laughs> yeah, there, you know, but you can change. Atmosphere can change with words. Yes. With words. Mm-hmm. Whatever he does shall prosper. Prosper in everything. Is, do you have another scripture for that? Well, let me find one. It's in Joshua chapter 8. Moses had died. Joshua's taking over. God had to tell him about four or five times, don't be afraid. You're only taking over four or five thousand, uh, four or five, uh, you're taking over three million complainers, but don't be afraid. <laughs> Read your scripture. First, uh, Joshua 1.80 says, this book of the law shall not depart from out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. He didn't say to have the word in front of you all the time, but he says if you have the word and you meditate on it, he says what's going to happen is you're going to start doing what it says. You're going to start doing what he says. And he says uh, that you may observe according to what is written for, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Do you know that reading the word and meditating on the word can bring you to a place of success. Reading on the word, meditating on the word can get you out of the pit. Meditate it. Now, Joseph didn't have a Bible, but I'm sure he meditated on those visions he had. Some people thought, man, I'd have kicked them out. What do he say? Your brothers are going to bow before you. You're going to be in a place of authority. He didn't reject those visions. He didn't reject those dreams. He embraced those dreams because that's all he had. When he was in jail, and you know, God knew he was in jail, and God prospered him in that jail. So if you're in jail, God knows where you're at, and he can prosper you in that place. But we know that Joseph didn't stay in jail forever, did he? He went from the pit to the palace. So in Genesis chapter 12, another Old Testament uh, figure, he says this. This is about Abraham. Abraham, uh, God's making a covenant with Abraham in Genesis 12, verse 2. He says, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. Now, grab hold of this because I'm going to put this in your hands. Because this promise here is for you. I'm going to bless you. Okay, I'm going to prove it. He says, and I will bless you, and I will make you a great nation, and you shall be a blessing. What was the purpose for him being blessed? So they could be a blessing. What's the purpose for God blessing you? For you to be a blessing. He says, and I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And in all the families, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Well, the purpose of that scripture is to carry on the, in the mind of God, before the foundations of the world, remember I told you, Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God, slain before the foundation of the world, and the Jewish people were going to be the carriers or the line that brought about Jesus Christ coming in the flesh. Okay? 
And so you say, well, what's, what's that have to do with me? If you be Christ, mm-hmm. Galatians chapter 3, if you be Christ, you are Abraham's seed Amen. and heirs right. according to the promise. Now, of course, uh, some of you ladies don't want all the promises. You know, you don't want to have a baby at 90 years old, do you? <laughs> no, not even 45, you know. <laughs> but uh, so you don't want to claim that part. Yeah. But you can claim I'm blessed. Yes. You can claim I'm blessed to be a blessing. Yes. I am blessed to be a blessing. And the purpose is because God wants you to be extraordinary, and the way to that is to be favored. His favor has given you his name, yeah. and we sang, we sang a song about that this morning, didn't we? Right. About his name. His name and his favor gives us, his favor gives us the blood of Jesus, you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your, of, your testi- of your testimony. The favor of God gives you the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, the power of God, the presence of God, and open doors. Amen. And open doors. Thank you, Jesus. Let me just say this. Whenever Jesus shows up, you become extraordinary. Yeah. Whenever Jesus shows up, you become extraordinary. You become characters of his favor. And we have to realize that we walk by faith and not by sight. What's that mean? That means I don't always feel extraordinary. That means I don't always feel favored. But sometimes you have to act like it. To experience it. (laughs) Walk like a man, talk like like a man of faith. Walk like a man, talk like a man, walk like a man, my son. No devil's worth crawling on the earth. So walk like a man, my son. No lie of the enemy is worth crawling on the earth. Yeah, I wouldn't suggest watching. You know, I love this movie, but there's so many swears word. (laughs) I didn't realize it until the second time I watched it. I never watched the movie and said, oh, that movie's good. And then somebody watches and come back, that thing's filled with that word. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't hear it. So anyway. But when I was a little kid, those guys were around. Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. Anyway. But I converted that song to Christian because God wants us to walk like men of God. As a matter of fact, the, the Israelites, they, they had been defeated by, by the Philistines, and so they brought out the ark of God. And so the Israelites started yelling and screaming and shouting, and the Philistines got afraid because the ark of God came out. But you know what the Philistine leader said? They said, act like men or we're going to be slaves. So you know what we need to do? We need to act like men of God, or we're going to be, we're going to be, we're going to be under the, the slavery of condemnation, under the slavery of fear, under, under whatever slavery the enemy tries to bring against us. So we need to be quick. Be alive. Walk like men of faith. And that, of course, that includes ladies also. Because in Christ Jesus, there's neither male nor female. That's right. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. So we need to acknowledge the favor 
that God gives us and take advantage of what he has provided. Philemon chapter 1, he says that the communication of your faith, Philemon's the New Testament, by the way, it says uh, that, that the communication of your faith or the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ. Well, I don't feel like it, but it's in you. Prophesy, declare, decree what's on the inside of you. I am an overcomer. I, I remember when, we, uh, w- when I first went to Bible school, I went to this church called Faith Christian Fellowship, and they had a song that they used to sing. And I love the song. He says, we're going to make it yeah. in a grand and glorious style, winning every victory, passing every trial by our risen Savior and the power of his word. We're going to make it in a grand and glorious style. Now, sometimes you've got to sing that by faith. Sing it by faith and step out. We have to take steps of faith to walk in this blessing. I just want to change the word faith, though. And you've heard me say this before, but we have to take steps of risk. I was thinking about that this morning, and I was looking over, looking over my message, and I thought, I had to take a risk to get here. Giving like Christian fellowship wouldn't be here if we hadn't taken a risk. I mean, even to go to Bible school, we were making money. We went out and bought a car, a truck with cash. Of course, it's only $5,000, but (laughs) brand new Datsun pickup. That soon? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, where was that? Oh, yeah. Taking risk. We gave it up. God said, God said to go to Bible school. So we went from that, from, from the money to going to Bible school. I was working construction. I don't think you were working, were you? Just part-time. Part-time. So we, our, our income was really cut back, but it was a risk, and it was a risk I'm glad I took. It was a risk, you know, and then went to Kansas City, was ministering there. It was a risk. God said, put your stuff in storage and go to the Northeast. I didn't even know what Northeast was. I thought it was Maine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or Connecticut, or so that's what my thing. That's what that's north, isn't it? And it's east. <laughs> so anyway, a lady by the name of, of Edie Herb says, "Could you just come up for one night Bible study? One night. <laughs> Gotta be careful when they say, could you just?'" They come up for a one night. Sure, I could come up for a one night Bible study. I preach the Bible study, go out to the car. Melody's with me. And with a sickening feeling, we looked at each other and said, (laughs) do you know what I know? Now, I have to to bring this into uh, context because we were in Sacramento, not California. (laughs) Anybody know where Sacramento is? And I haven't seen Elizabethville. Of course, I'm from Kansas City, so Elizabethville wouldn't mean nothing. <laughs> hadn't seen Millersburg, hadn't seen anything. All I saw was Sacramento. And God said, this is it. And literally, I said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? <laughs> but it was a risk. I'm just telling you this because, I, you know, my story's funny, but you've had your stories yes. too. Yeah. Is there anybody in here that's taken a risk? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've taken a risk? Yeah. You've taken a all of you, If you've gone over, some, we've got people in here that have gone overseas, that's taken a risk. How many of you know when you got married, it's taken a risk? Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. But how many of you said paid off? 
I was kind of quiet on that one. <laughs> I don't believe in this, but that would have been a good time to fake it to make it. <laughs> I don't believe in faking it to make it. I just believe in doing it, and then God's going to come through. Amen. So we know that... Uh, uh, just get a, a few, whoa, get a few more here. Uh, the Israelites, you can't get any lower than this. <laughs> They're slaves in Egypt for 400 years. They are killing their sons, newborn sons. They are forced, they are into forced labor with hard taskmasters. So let me just say this, even at your lowest point, in a moment, God can turn it around. So in Exodus 3, verse 21, this is even before uh, Moses went to Egypt. He was still at the fiery bush. He says, I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall be when, when you go, then you shall not go out empty-handed. But the women shall ask the neighbors, namely, of, of, her, of her who dwells near her house, articles of silver, articles of gold, of clothing, and you shall put them on your sons and on your daughters. You shall plunder the Egyptians. Yeah. That's, a, that's a, a military term for spoil. You take all of their treasure. It's just 400 years of back pay. Yeah. Yeah. When they left Egypt, they were rich. Yeah. They were rich. How could they have made the tabernacle covered everything with gold. How could they have done what they did if they were just getting out with the skin of their teeth? As a matter of fact, they, were go they went up to a land, they wanted to cross through the land, and they told the king, we will pay for everything. We will even pay for the water we drink. You can't do that. You can't do that if you don't have no money. They said, we will pay for everything. So, put, he says, you'll plunder the Egyptians. Say, better covenant. Better, better, covenant. better, promises. better promises. Now, we're not going to take from our neighbors. But, you know, uh, the Bible says when the enemy comes, the Spirit of God's going to lift up a standard. But he, when the thief is caught, he has to restore sevenfold. So whatever the enemy stolen and taken, yep. we can get back. So we also, let me just read another uh, scripture on that account. He says in Exodus chapter 11, verse 3, he says, And the Lord gave the people favor. Say, I've got favor. I've got rhythm. I've got favor, I've got mercy, I've got favor. Who could ask for anything more? <laughs> Come on, man. Sometimes you got to take risk. I don't feel, you know, I didn't feel like preaching this morning, to tell you the truth. But I took a risk. Yeah, there you go. So, Sam, uh, so anyway, it says, And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, Moses, the man of God, was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. In other words, even Pharaoh's servants, they, they respected. They respected Moses. They respected the people. God's going to bring you to a, 
God is going to bring you to a place of even respect. Oh, hallelujah. I picked up a book at Costco's. I thought, why in the heck did I pick this up? It's a thousand pages. <laughs> and it's not big print. <laughs> Anybody want to borrow it? <laughs> but it's about a man. It's about a man that was the most unlikely hero this nation has ever seen. And still, people talk bad about him. But, but he saved our nation. We're talking about 200 years ago. <laughs> Ulysses S. Grant. But I don't have time for all that. But the thought of it is, is that God can take the most unlikely person and make them a hero. I don't care where you're at. He was, he had problem with alcohol. He failed in every business venture he did. He loaned money people. For them to start a business, they'd prosper, and then he'd go to collect, and they'd run off. <laughs> I mean, he was just not, he was a bad bill collector. It just, I'm just amazed at all the failures that he had to experience, but then at the right time, yeah. God grabs him and says, I'm going to use you. Yeah. I'm going to use you. Thank you, Jesus. You could, be, you could be one of those heroes. Don't look at your circumstances and say, oh, I, I can't do anything. Look at where I'm at. That doesn't mean anything to God because he's extraordinary and you're favored. Yes. So we know Samuel was favored. He was favored in the sight of God and man. We know Esther had favor with the king. We know in Psalm uh, 5, verse 12, it says, O Lord, will, uh, the, o Lord you, for you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. That's actually one of my uh, godly beliefs. For you, o Lord, will, for you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. I'm favored. I'm favored. You're favored. You will surround him as with a shield. He says in Psalm 5, verse 30, he says, For his anger is but a moment, but his favor is for life. Amen. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Turn to somebody and say, Joy's coming. Joy's coming. Joy's coming in the morning. Hallelujah. Well, let me just, let me just quit. Thank you, Jesus. You are extraordinary. When you look in the mirror, I remember Ray Kaur. He and I went on a, <laughs> he and I went on a motorcycle ride together. And so uh, we stopped to eat lunch, and we both had to go into the rest restroom. And he was standing in front of the mirror, combing what hair he had. <laughs> and he was saying, man, you're good looking. I'm thinking, I must be Fabio. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, sometimes you got to do that. You got to look in the mirror and you got to call those things to be not <laughs> as though they were. Man, you're a man of God. Man, you're prosperous. Man, you're favored. Man, you're blessed. You don't look like it, but you are. The person you need to convince with the gospel of Jesus Christ is yourself. Stand in front of the mirror and preach to yourself and tell yourself how blessed you are. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. 
Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we are delighted, Lord God, that you've made us extraordinary. We thank you that we have a better covenant based upon better promises. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, that favor opens doors for us. Lord, you shut doors that can't be opened, but you open doors of favor that can't be shut. So, Father God, I thank you for opening our eyes to the reality of your word. Lord God, that as we meditate on it, we begin to see who we really are in Jesus' name. Uh, I'm going to ask the healing team to come up. Does anybody uh, have word? <laughs> 